Thanks, guys. Aren't we blessed? What a, what a wonderful, wonderful group. Uh, we are so blessed and grateful. Well, listen, we are excited that you're with us today. And this message um, is obviously for you. If you're here, I got to believe it's for you because um, all week long, uh, God was speaking to me and I finally listened. Uh, um, if I'm just being honest, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into prep for a Sunday. There's the, all the stuff you see on the screen, there's all the stuff that goes into the program, there's the message, there's prayer, there's scriptures, there's all those things. And so the Lord had sp- spoke to me on Wednesday about changing the message and I just kind of shook it off. And then Thursday he spoke and Friday he spoke and I just kept shaking off thinking, no, it's all set, Lord, we're good. And finally yesterday after a long day with my niece and nephew that just wore us slam out, we're riding home, and Lorena says, uh, so, honey, what parable's tomorrow? And I said, well, tomorrow's parable is the wedding, uh, the, the great banquet. I said, but it's really not the one that I should preach, you know? And she's like, well, what are you saying? I said, well, I feel like I'm supposed to preach the rich man and Lazarus. She's like, well, why don't you? And I said, well, it's a lot of work. And so we got home at 9 o'clock last night, and she went to bed, and I broke out my study guide and my computer and my logos and all the other things that go with that and began the process of preparing for this morning. And then I knew I had to race over here to get to Reggie and Terry, tell them switch the thing from there, make copies of the new program, and then just have them handed out. But we had enough time that they actually stuffed it in the program for you. So... um, here we are. So obviously, and the, the thing that the, the, the Lord really dealt with me this morning about is, if I put something on your heart, I ask you to change it and you don't, then who's leading your church? Is it me or is it you? And I know the group of people that are going to be here. And so is it me or is it you? So the person who comes, are they going to get the message I wanted them to have or are they going to get the message you wanted them to have? So enough. And so I was like, okay. So, of course, I text my buddy Glenn Badonsky, who will be preaching next Sunday right here, live and in color. Um, I text him and I said, uh, hey, bro, um, the message changed this morning and um, I am shaking in my sneakers. And so, because uh, <laughs> I've studied the one all week, right? And, uh, and he said, it's just a diamond, brother. It's just a diamond that God wants to do. So, so here we go. We are going to be um, studying the parable of the rich man and Lazarus today. Now, some of our men's group on Wednesday night, you guys know a little bit more in-depth than what we're talking about. And so, so today, I would say this to you. If you're in this building right now, I pray that you are totally attentive to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. The other thing I would say is, he who has ears, let him hear. Because Jesus, every time he taught, would say that. And so as we begin, the first thing that I need to clarify, there's a couple main points. This is not a how to get the, this is not a how to get to heaven message. This parable was not meant on how to get to heaven. No, it's not salvific in nature, meaning it's not talking about salvation. What it's talking about is what happens after you die. 
So understand that right away so that you don't get confused about good works because we had a long conversation about good works in our men's study, and you guys know about that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But it's altogether a different point that Jesus is trying to make. And the second thing that I need you to do is because every time we hear Lazarus, all we think of is Lazarus come forth. Mary and Martha's brother. This is not that Lazarus. This is a different Lazarus. And so we need to understand that. And then there's something important about his name. You see, when the Hebrew people heard Lazarus, they heard the word forsaken. But this is not what Jesus, Jesus was speaking Aramaic. And in the Greek and Aramaic, what he's trying to communicate to them is Lazarus means the one who is helped by God or God is my help. So there's groups uh, who are hearing this and some people hear Lazarus forsaken and other people are hearing God is my help. And so I need you to hear today that God is my help. And so because that's what the intent, again, when we pull, we don't read into the text, we get out of the text. But the only way we know that is if we study the text, right? So, so that's just a little bit of a of, 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 of background Bible story before I get to this, so you'll be on the same page with me. And, and so as we look at Luke chapter 16, it contains the account of a rich man who lived an extreme life of luxury, and, it, and, it, and it, it communicates another guy who was incredibly poor. And Jesus, again, is communicating something valuable. And if you'll set long enough with me, I think you're going to get a deeper understanding of this meaning and what God's intention is. So we're going to read this scripture together. It says, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with, uh, with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, some people know that or, or believe that there's a healing agent in the saliva of the dog. This was not meant for that. This was meant to let you know just how low this guy was and just how awful his condition was. So Jesus wasn't talking about the natural salve of the, the animal licking you. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is trying to help you understand this rich man could care less. This rich man who claimed to be religious could care absolutely less about this poor man laying at there with dogs licking his sores. Had no interest, zero interest in him. And so it says, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Now you could blow by that quickly. But I want you to notice that the rich man was buried with all the pomp and circumstance. The poor man didn't have anything, so he died, and his body probably just lay. Because who's going to take care of him? And so, but listen to this. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus to dip. He knows the guy's name. He just told on himself. Did he not? He saw Lazarus with, a, and then he said, send. He knew this beggar by name. And still did nothing about it. 
How many of us do we know by name and do nothing about it? How many people do we know that don't know Jesus that are, that are, are suffering and we don't say anything about it? He says, send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in this flame. Now, just before we go any further, I want us to understand a couple of quick things. Um, notice he says the word Hades here, which is, a, which is a place where the soul of the wicked dead go until the resurrection. And paradise is the place where our souls to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord go until the resurrection of our bodies. And so it's a temporal hell and a temporal heaven, if you will. The final judgment is to come. And so people have asked me multiple times, what happens here? Until the bodily resurrection, at the bodily resurrection, the soul and the body will be reunited of the wicked and the righteous, and then judgment will take place. Those of us who know Christ will go to heaven, the new heaven, the new earth, and those of us who do not know Christ and those of us who have been waiting for judgment, they wait for judgment and then they are cursed forever. This is from the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. If you ask me about, about to show you, I'll just use the cross. Jesus was hung between two thieves. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I know that my Jesus isn't a liar. And that thief who believed in him, he said, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that Jesus doesn't lie. So we understand that there's a time coming. We know new heaven, new earth. We know all those things are going to take place. So we understand that right now these guys are waiting, but there's no second chances as we're going to find out. And so I didn't want you to be confused, and I wanted you to be very well aware of what's happening. Paradise, Hades, two, lo two locations, the soul goes there. And then there's a bodily resurrection where the body and soul, the glorified bodies, and then we experience... Judgment. Now, those of us who are going to be judged, we will be judged whether you know Jesus or whether you don't know Jesus. That's first. And secondly, for those of us who have followed the Lord Jesus, everything you did for God, will be, you'll stand before him and everything you did for him, your whole, all your life's work, a holy fire will come. And then what you have left, what you did for Jesus will stand. And everything else just gets burned up. The rest of those guys, they're just going to want to know, did you know Jesus? I didn't know Jesus, but I, I, I built a, a, a million-dollar orphanage uh, for orphans. Doesn't help. I didn't know Jesus, but I held doors for every lady I ever saw. I didn't know Jesus, but I was a good daddy. I didn't know Jesus, but I, I donated to the United Way. I didn't know Jesus, but I fed any hungry person it all comes back down to a relationship with God. You don't have to like it. I know it's not politically correct. It's just truth. And if I don't tell you the truth, somebody else will. But here's what I can tell you for sure. What I know is that you're going to remember this. Because the rich man, and he could see Lazarus and it replays in his mind every time he had a chance and rejected the good news. This story, this is Jesus telling it. Yvonne, this ain't Pastor Mike telling a story. This is Jesus 
the Son of God, came from, died on a cross, resurrected, teaching a story to you and me. I'm not making this stuff up. So if you don't like it, take it up with God. All right? I'm just trying to shoot straight with you here. But Abraham said to him, Child, remember that in your lifetime you receive good things. Now, here's the thing. It's not about that, but what it's about is what he really said is, what he really says is, you showed what you cared about in this life more than anything. You didn't care about the poor. You didn't care about anybody but you. You took pleasure in all of those things, and now you're looking for a second chance. When you had every chance, you had more chances than the poor, and you chose not. You chose to worship your money and all those other things, and how did that help you? You let a rich, you let a poor man lay at your steps getting licked by dogs, and it, it didn't even move you. And you're going to say, you know me? Listen, you can't know Jesus and not be moved with compassion for people. You know, people talk about good works all the time. Good works are an evidence that you've actually been saved. If you don't feel compassion for the poor and the broken and those people that God loves, you need to question whether you know Jesus or not. Nobody wants to hear that. I'm just telling you the truth. And he says, and, 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 and Lazarus in like manner had bad things. Listen, good things are going to happen to bad people. Bad things are going to happen to good people. The children of God are going to suffer in this life. You need to already get a hold of that. That's a, a prosperity preacher don't want you to believe that. You can buy me an $84 million jet, but, I ain't, but listen, that, that ain't going to work. I can wear $4,000 sneakers while the, while the hungry in our city die, and I'm going to have to explain that to God. Please. But now he's comforted here. That's what the Word says. And you are in anguish. You see, you celebrated all those things, but people... They suffered, and you could care less. And besides all this, between us, there's a great chasm that has been fixed. Everybody say fixed. Now say it loud. Fixed, meaning that's it, in order that those who pass from here to you may not be, may not be able, and none may cross from here, from there to us. Knowing that God's people are so good, they would want to dip their finger and they would want to help you even though you didn't help them and left them laying in with dogs licking them, hungry and suffering and sick. We would still want to come to your aid. Still. Sounds like Jesus to me. He cried from the cross. He cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he said, then I beg you, Father, to send them to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so they may warn them lest they come to this place of torment. All of a sudden, he cares about his brothers who were in the same position because they've been raised that way. Church, how are you raising your kids? 
How are you raising your kids? Are you raising your kids to be compassionate, gracious, and merciful? Or are you raising them to ignore? Giving them everything that their little hearts desire while others suffer. Jesus. This is just what he wants me to say. This is all. What am I supposed to do? You know? I already fought since Wednesday. I may as well just give it up now and just get done with it. But Abraham said, listen to this. They have Moses and the prophets. Let, Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. Now listen to these words. Do not miss this. He said to them, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, they will neither be convinced from someone who should rise from the dead. And I happen to know someone who rose from the dead. His name is Jesus, and they're still denying it. Truth is truth. So as we look at this and we start to understand the depth of this struggle, we understand that Jesus has already taught us something that is being destroyed in our culture right now. The first thing I want you to see this morning is Jesus teaches that both heaven and hell are real places. They're real places. Now, I know that's not politically correct. I understand that. But it's truth. And it came from the mouth of Jesus. So all you who are thinking that there's no hell, I ain't got no, what can I do? Heaven, hell, real, literal places. Jesus teaches it. He helps us to understand that. He helps us to consistently remind ourselves. And Jesus consistently tells us, do not be complacent in your conviction. Preach the truth. And the truth will set you free. But if not, you're going to find yourself on one side, either on the side of Lazarus or the rich man. But whether you like it or not, that's truth. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Not even my worst enemy. Because we can't even picture the kind of torment that's going to take place in that place. But my goal is for us to understand literal places that Jesus taught about. So you and I will understand it regularly. And not allow people to come in with these new thinking to actually make... There are pastors who are leaving their belief system and now saying there is no hell and this is heaven. This is heaven? Please. Please. Turn on the news if this is heaven. It's not the heaven my Jesus talked about. I see war. I see death. I see famine. I see tears. And you're going to tell me this is heaven? And have no scripture to support it, but people want to run to it because their little itching ears want to hear it? Then you're going to tell me no hell because God wouldn't send a good person to hell. You are absolutely right. God sends no one to hell. We choose it. We choose hell. You have a choice. All of us have a choice. 
And it's not exclusive. It's, 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 it's inclusive because everybody gets the choice. Everybody. Listen to number two because it's getting better and worse. Once we cross that eternal horizon, there are no second chances. Now, see, I'm going to say something else. It's just gonna, I may as well just get everybody mad and just get it done with. Because here's what it is. You know, those, you know there's a lot of people who, who say they talk to the dead. Let me dig around here for a minute and see if I can find. Oh, there's instructions about that in here. Don't talk to the dead. Oh, wait, wait. I see a light. Oh, and it's your cousin. He's doing really good. And people will buy into it because it's what their itching ears want to hear. And then they say, these are good people. Don't talk to me about good people. God said there's no good people. And then they say, they say oh, I talked to my auntie or my aunt or my grandma showed up in her wedding dress. That wasn't your grandma. It might have been her wedding dress, but it wasn't your grandma. Come to the light. Uh-uh. Unless it's Jesus calling, I'm out. I didn't hear no trumpet. I did not hear a trumpet. There ain't no second chances. But people want you to believe that. And then what they do is they get us all hooped up and hollered up. And then for we forget good teaching. God left the Bible here for good teaching. And we will abandon truth for lies because it makes us feel good. There ain't no second chances. You know what the you know all the rich man saw was his opportunity, and it replayed over and over and over. And all it did was reveal that he knew the good that he ought to do. He knew that God, he knew what Jesus said. When Jesus said, you got your reward there. You got the praise of men. People came by to, 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 to look at your house and your car and all the things that you had accumulated. And you said, oh, God did it for me. But you never gave God any attention. And you never did anything to even reveal. Reveal a transformation. But God blessed you. I may as well finish it too. People giving God praise for lyrics that ain't no way reflecting God. Stand up. I want to thank God for my boop, 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 boop. I want to thank God that he let me promote uh, sexuality and he let me promote promiscuity let me promote evil in all kinds of but he, boy he gave me them lyrics it's just like the bible i was just like john and paul i was just writing them down and he gave them to me now give me that grammy grammys melt somebody better come on you know what i'm talking about can this Grammy get me into heaven? Nope. 
Jesus can know. Who's he? I thought I was him. Somebody call my mama. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Pastor Mike, it's over. <laughs> Babe, I'm glad Glenn's preaching next week, you know. <laughs> He's going to wonder why there's nobody here, though. He's gonna... <laughs> Glenn's going to come. He's going to say, what, what happened to all your people? <laughs> well, you missed last week, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, he'll be listening to the man. He'll go, oh, okay, now I know. I better call him and say, listen to this message before you come. Because it's going to be like me and Lorena going, yes, Lord. Yes, Glenn, you preach it. We'll be like, amen. I'll be changing seats in the auditorium, you know. Preach it, Glenn. Put a hat on. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we got a couple in the house. They're going to be here. All right. <laughs> Number three. I already covered it, but we're here. Those in hell perfectly recollect their missed opportunity and their rejection of the gospel. Jesus clearly helps us to understand that they had opportunity and they fully remember and they can fully see the error of their ways now. But it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. You can see the rich man. He says, oh, Father, I see he's, he's with you. Can you send Lazarus to just... Father Abraham could have been like, oh, you know his name? So you know he laid... So you know they drug him there every day and laid him there. And you know that he was hungry and you threw away more food than he ever had. And you want him to do what? And you can picture Lazarus going, it's okay, I'll do it. I I don't mind. Going, sorry, there's a great chasm. Lazarus, I know you want to, but you can't. Then go. Tell them. Listen. It's here. Moses and the prophets, it's here. You don't need to go to Madam Cleo or whoever else it is. having too many Long Island iced teas then go to Long Island Medium. You know what I'm talking about. You know? I saw Grandpa. No, you didn't. But you might. All right, Jesus. Calm it down, Mike. You got one more to go. And finally, finally today, God's children suffer many tragic consequences while living in this sin-sick and fallen world. We shouldn't be surprised by this. This world is sick. If you read Romans 8 and you wonder why there's all these natural disasters and all the, the earth is just the earth is diseased by sin, just like our bodies are diseased by sin. And we wonder why these things take place because the earth is groaning for redemption. Three hundred of our brothers and sisters were bombed. And people ask, how could a good God let that happen? Because you see, death isn't the end for the believer. 
See, they went to church on Sunday morning. Something happened. They woke up in heaven. Is that what we believe? Because I'm pretty sure that's what I believe. Now, I know it's tragic, and for those left behind, I'm not saying we find any. I'm telling you right now, they close their eyes, and they open their eyes in a church service like they ain't ever had before, and you and I act like death is the end. How could God let his people, because he has eternity planned for us, We're going to suffer just like Lazarus. And people are going to look at us and say, why do you serve that God while the dogs lick your sores? Because we have hope that you don't understand. Why why do you serve God while these other people get ahead in business and while these other people let their people do this and all that? Why? Because we have something more than this life. Why? Why do you let other people get ahead on Sunday and you close your doors and come and worship? Why do you let your competitor? Because I'm not competing with them. I'm trying to see Jesus. Right? And so we're going to suffer in this sin-sick fallen world. There's no question about it. But Jesus, through this teaching, lets us know we're going to be comforted. Listen to me. If you board the train of unbelief, you are going to follow it all the way to its destination. You know what's going to happen? It's going to show them the way you live. We talked about this with our our men's group, and we talked about it in depth. So much so we only got one out of eight questions answered. We had to continue on next week. We talked about, do you believe? Because if you believe, there's a behavior. And the first behavior is repentance. This rich man could have repented. He could have brought Lazarus into his home, nursed him back to health, healed his diseases, and had a chance. But he didn't have the love of Jesus in his heart. He didn't have the compassion of God in his heart. Christians, you call yourself Christians. We must be a compassionate people. There has to be a fruit of our belief. Why do you think I'm promoting getting out there to the the National Day of Prayer? You think I'm promoting it so I can say, oh, we had 50 people show up? No. I'm doing it so the world knows that we care enough to pray. How about Relay for Life? Going out there and, and, and making sure that we help other people who need help in the name of Jesus and God gets the glory to his name. Giving you a chance to give to each other here at this church. Why do we do this? Because it's the fruit you get joy. And it's a fruit of knowing Jesus. You cannot convince me that you know Jesus and have zero compassion and zero fruit in your life. If there is no fruit in your life, then you may not know the master. I'm just telling you. If our heart doesn't break for lost people, when's the last time we prayed for lost people to come into the kingdom? When's the last time that we celebrate it? 
as we watch people go down in the baptism knowing their old life and knowing a new life has come. When's the last time we were compassionate enough to our co-workers to invite them to get on out here so they can hear the good news about Jesus because we were worried about being offending them or maybe they wouldn't invite us to the next party because they know you're a holy roller. Oh, they don't want to invite me now because they know I go to church and they pass you by. It didn't stop Glenn Badonsky when he was a heathen. He came pulling up, man, I got the party. It's going to be strippers and everything. Now. I said, I'm a Christian. He's like, you can still come. I, it's, I just shook my head. I was like, when he finally got saved, I didn't even believe it for a while. He was so mad. at He's like, I got saved, Mike. I'm like, no, you didn't get saved. <laughs> no, really? He drove over. I got saved. I said, you ain't saved. Finally, I'm like, you got saved. And then he was telling everybody else, and you know what? All of his heathen friends were so mad at me. Everybody side-eyed me. He ruined our parties. We ain't got no place to party now because Glenn, Glenn's talking about a Holy Ghost party, and a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Glenn's over there talking about, I got a Bible study at my house. Jesus is going to be there, you know. <laughs> it's true. At White Tyrone, y'all know him. You'll hear him next week. The fruit, it transforms us. And that's all Jesus is trying to help us see here. He's trying to help us see there is a heaven, there is a hell. He's trying to help us see our beliefs are important. He's trying to help us understand that good deeds are not what lead to salvation, but good deeds are an evidence that you have been saved. They're an evidence, they're fruit, that you know the Master, that you know the Savior, that you actually appreciate what He did for you. And so today, my hope is that what you've heard, listen, I just preach what God asked me to preach. Now, your job is a response. But here's what I don't want. I don't want anyone to be looking across that chasm and going, hey, could you send Pastor Mike to dip his finger and let it, because I'll want to. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll want to. And they'll say, you can't. They had a chance. They can't. Because my heart will be, if I could just go and give them that other shot, just one more chance. But the decision's already been made. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. And it's as real as anything I've ever offered. The same offer Jesus offered me, an offer of eternal life. An offer for the resurrection. And all of us are going to be resurrected, some to eternal life and some to punishment. I pray you hear the words of Jesus this morning. Would you bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, you're the son of the living God. Only you, God, only you can save. And today I pray 
with everything that's in my heart that people will consider their way. And God, I pray today that they'll know that heaven is real and hell is real. And if you had your way, we'd all go to heaven with you. But you gave us a choice. And I pray today we'll make that right choice. If you're here this morning, you've heard the message and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I'm I'm ready to make that decision. That's that's a no brainer there. I'm ready to make that decision. I want Jesus in my life more than anything and more than everything. And right now I'm ready to make him the Lord and Savior in my life. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today? Yes, that's me. Yes. Yes, today's my day. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, the first fruit that Jesus is looking for is the fruit of repentance. And we're just going to take a minute right now between you and God, and we're just going to pray. And what I love about prayer is prayer is not some weird thing. It's simply talking to God, your heart to his. And we just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. I repent of my sins and I trust you for my everlasting life. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected and I will trust you. Holy Spirit, come and live in me and work through me. It's in Christ's name that I pray. And the church of Jesus Christ said, amen and amen. Well, if you said that, yes, give the Lord a hand clap today. If you said